Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So it was great news waking up Monday. Chiefs first place AFC. And then uh, a few hours later, those boys started showing up at the facility. They start getting their tests. And then it starts raining positives. COVID is going rampant across the league. We got Kelsey down. We got Javarius Ward, Harrison Butker. But uh, I know I don't think Butker is actually vaccinated, but I know Kelsey is, so there is a hope that he will be playing on Sunday. There, It's dicey. There's no question about it. It is very dicey because, yes, he has been vaccinated. That is known. But is he asymptomatic? And the National Football League won't say. If he is asymptomatic, that's very good news because all he has to do is test twice per day and be negative on those tests, and he'll play really think he will. I think he'll be available to play. If he is symptomatic, number one, why would want to play? Because he don't feel very good, number one. And uh, number two, then you're probably going to be out for about 10 days, if that's the case. That's about the genesis of the, of the nature of the virus, about how long it lasts. Probably he has the Omicron. That seems to be the, the definite now variant that's uh, invading the country. It is Supposedly, from all the doctors' reports, uh, it is serious, of course, but it's not as serious as some of the bad COVID cases that we had a year ago. It's not that serious. But the fact is, it spreads very rapidly, so you have to be careful about the contagion uh, part of it. Will Kelsey play? Well, we'll find out. Uh, Again, we don't know if he's symptomatic or not. Hopefully, he is not. He's asymptomatic and feels great and all that sort of thing. Then we'll find out. I I hope he has a chance to play on Sunday. I do, too, because I'm going to be there. But uh, if he can't be there, it's next man up, and that's the way the Kansas City Chiefs do things. But hopefully he will be. Uh, we'll see, though. I'm sure we'll be watching all week long. Doesn't suck to get sick on the week of Christmas, man. <laughs> it's like getting sick on your birthday. Um, you know, it was crazy yesterday to be at home with the boy about 4.30, 5 o'clock, watching pro football. But, yeah, it was football all day yesterday. We got football today. Got a break tomorrow, then Thursday, then Saturday, then Sunday. A lot of football this week, including a bowl game yesterday Tulsa played in. How'd they do? You're only talking about the NFL. With yeah, those I haven't even got to college Because there are bowl yet. games that are going on that entire time. There yeah. was one yesterday, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and Tulsa show, showed uh, Old Dominion that uh, perhaps the Old Dominion Monarchs aren't quite ready for prime time yet. Tulsa beat him 30-17 in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And you talked about the two pro football games. There were two yesterday, one of which was regularly scheduled. And there are two more today, which are postponements from this weekend because of the the COVID virus. Again, we don't know if the players are asymptomatic or not, and that's really the key here. Next on the list, um, you know, being part of Team USA is, is a huge deal. But when you look at it from the perspective of pro athletes and pro coaches having to go do it almost seems as if some of them are like, uh, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Does it has it lost its luster for some of these guys? Oh, yeah, to the probably to the higher paid players. That's what I was some thinking. of the veterans it may have, but by the same token, this is a pretty doggone big opportunity for these guys because while they get all the wealth and all that, 
Having a gold medal means a heck of a lot in your treasure chest. You can't, oh no, hell no, you can't do that. You have to earn it. And the USA almost did not last year. Remember, they lost their first game in the tournament, then came back under Greg Popovich to, to win it and win their fourth straight Olympic gold medal, as they should. These are the best basketball players in the world. It is the, the, the gap between the world and the USA is rapidly closing, but it still exists. Uh, the new coach is going to be Steve Kerr. He's not new at all. He's been on the U.S. Olympic coaching team for the last six, seven years under Sashevsky and last year under Greg Popovich. Kerr is the head coach of the Golden State Warriors and was a very good player in his own right. I saw him play personally at Arizona, uh, out in uh, Tucson, Arizona. At uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was in Los Angeles that we saw him play with the University of Arizona. And then uh, in the Chicago Bulls yep, era, a very good NBA player. Uh, he'll be a good coach because the players identify pretty strongly with him. So how he can recruit, how he can get these guys to, to play again, there is what they do in the NBA and, and USA Basketball, for that matter, is send out a brochure, are you interested? And if they all mark yes, and there's probably about 50, 55 of them who do, maybe more. Then they get invited to the camps, and then the team is gradually, gradually reduced. Uh, you get some pretty good players. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> do. They get the cream of the crop. But it go back to what you said. You said a word that I think is a big reason of why they went with Curve, which was recruitment. Because, like, I opened this up with, it's kind of lost its luster. Maybe having him back in and more of a player's coach that these guys like, maybe that'll get some guys that are more, a little bit more interested in being involved. Well, Sashevsky was coached for a long time. Yeah. Had a number of years and great success as the head coach. Uh, prior to that, my goodness, you had any number of outstanding mm-hmm. individuals in there as head coaches. Bob Knight was one year, and he had, or actually for several years, he had gold medals to his credit as well. And Kerr will follow through with that, too, because he is a good guide. He's not demonstrative. The players know that he can play, that he's been through those wars. So, yeah, I think that resonates pretty well with it him. It definitely does. I mentioned this a little bit last hour. We had two NFL games yesterday, uh, kind of a doubleheader. We got two today. And then we've got Thursday, Nashville and 49ers. And then we've got, or excuse me, Tennessee and 49ers. Two Saturday. Two Saturday. And then a bunch more on Sunday, including <laughs> the Chiefs and Steelers. So, and then like you mentioned, and then on top of all that, we got bowl games almost every day. So it's it's football mania, which is a, it's a great thing for me, but it's also a sad thing because it means the uh, season's coming to an end. But... Some pretty crazy game. Well, the, the later game was mad, but the Browns-Raiders game, that was a great game. It was and I a watched really it. good game. Uh, and in, in fact, I'm very impressed with the way Cleveland, which is really undermanned. Baker Mayfield was not the quarterback out on the COVID protocol, the reserve protocol list. Didn't play, and that cost the Browns. Now, they did have, they being Cleveland, a 14-13 lead late in the game within the final minute. But the Las Vegas Raiders were able to explore... Cleveland's defensive backfield, which is bereft of really good players, and they made him pay for it, and then Las Vegas got a field goal at the gun to win it 16-14. to 14. The point spread is four. Thank you. So, that was... He was in a bad mood. I was. But, uh, but, yeah, a lesson learned. Those pro games, those are tough to call, man. Yeah, but, yeah, it was one, a good one. The other one was the regularly scheduled Monday night game in Chicago, the Bears and the Vikings, and it really was not a very good game. Vikings are much better than the Bears. Chicago... Didn't score and didn't score a touchdown until the end of the game. Seventeen to nine, Minnesota won the game. Minnesota remains in the playoff hunt. The Bears, of course, are long out of it. 
And uh, the Bears just committed penalty after penalty after penalty in this game, and it really cost them. That's a team that needs to be reworked pretty quickly. But Minnesota gets the win. And as you mentioned, there are two more games today, and both of these are COVID mm-hmm. makeups, and they both kick off at the same time. And uh, that in and of itself will be <laughs> a little bit dicey. But one's on the West Coast and one's on the East. And, of course, uh, that'll, that's done for television purposes because they'll divide the country. And... Uh... Ned will just have two TVs in his house. Yeah, I'm really more interested in the one because Philadelphia still stands a chance to get into the playoffs, and they're playing Washington, and that division is so messed up. Dallas is the leader, but, hey, Philadelphia still has to play Dallas. Yeah, it's it's anyone's game in that division. That's definitely one that's been crazy. Speaking of the the Browns, AFC uh, North also very crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, So we talked about Kelsey being on the reserve COVID list uh, this week. Hopefully he's back. Um, for one more uh, game at Arrowhead this season on Sunday against the Steelers. But he wasn't the only one. Uh, Tavarius Ward was on there. Got a guy in the practice squad on there and also kicker Harrison Budker, which that one is kind of a cause for concern because what the hell are you going to do? If well, they can- signed a guy yesterday. They signed somebody, in my, I must admit, I've never heard of the individual, but they signed him to come up to the team just in case. And again, the way that reserve COVID-19 uh, list works is that if you are asymptomatic, if you don't have any symptoms of the disease at all, and you test tw- uh, twice a day and you're negative, you play. You're in there. It's all designed for more players to be able to play if they are asymptomatic. Now, again, the NFL does not disclose whether or not these players have any vestiges of the disease or not. Same with Kelsey, same with Javarius Ward and Harrison Butker. All of them don't know. But if they are asymptomatic, and we hope they are, then they have a great chance of playing on Sunday. Man, we definitely need them against the Steelers. I don't care who you play, you definitely need your top guys. So hopefully we can get them of course, back. the Steelers are not down to the woods either. They have their own problems. Yeah, they definitely are. Well, every team in the NFL right now has got a, a pretty sizable list of players that are on that COVID reserve list. It's just been crazy the last couple weeks. Um, Lady Bears. Bears had a uh, pretty big weekend here in town. Where are they at next? Have a big week. As a matter of fact, for the Lady Bears, it's today. It's later this morning. They play 11 o'clock at the JQH Arena, and they are taking on Toledo, Toledo University. That's an 11 o'clock game. It's designed for the kids and so forth and so on. So the Lady Bears should be a big favorite over the Lady Rockets from Toledo. Is there such a thing as a gender between Rockets, male or female? I thought we were getting away from that. It's just now <laughs> there, there, there's no gender. It's just Rockets. Can we just call them Rockets? We'll call them the Rockets. We'll just call them the Rockets. The Bears play tomorrow night, and they go out to Moraga, California to take on St. Mary's. Now, St. Mary's, to those who follow basketball, is a very big name. They've had that any number of outstanding NBA players. The initial one who comes to mind right now is Patty Mills mm-hmm. from Team Australia. He's playing, I believe, for the Brooklyn Nets right now. Good player, great player. But in the past, they had Matthew Dellavedova, who the last time the Bears played St. Mary's, lit up Missouri State for something like 32 or 34. Another Australian player played for the Cavaliers. These guys at St. Mary's are very, very good. Now, are they as good as they've been in the past? That we don't know. But the St. Mary's Gales have a great history. They play in the same conference, you know, as Gonzaga and San Francisco and Santa Clara and some of the other top-notch teams on the West Coast. And that's what it's called, the West Coast Conference. Well, the Bears play them tomorrow night in Moraga. That will be a very interesting test. Missouri State's played well. They uh, are coming off a 106-73 win over a Central Arkansas team that was 1-9 after that loss. Central Arkansas played last night and won the game by 40. 
They played Hendricks, which is a Division Two or maybe even Division they Three needed to pick up. They needed to pick up game big they time. Need, they <laughs> needed time. that one bad. They needed to pick up game big time. So the Bears play tomorrow night. Mizzou plays tomorrow night on two fronts, both football and basketball. So this will be it, – it's, it's really an exciting time of the year. A lot it going really on. is. Uh, like I said, I mean, you got pro football almost every day this week. You got college football almost every day this week. And then now we start talking about basketball happening at the same time. Now, r- very quickly, though, some folks will say, why aren't you mentioning Drury and that – they can't. Drury does not play during the next two weeks, and that, folks, is an NCAA mandate. Division two, and well, actually anything below Division one, has two weeks off during the Christmas holidays. That's been a rule for the last 10, 15 years now, and Drury falls into that. They're Division two, so the Panthers and Lady Panthers won't play into early January. Well, enjoy the vacation, guys. Also, there's plenty of hockey on too. Ned, <laughs> you have a great Tuesday, and I'll see you tomorrow, man.